We'll come back to that perhaps a little bit later. I'll dive into the teaching first tonight and then we'll go back into a time of prayer. Thank you all very much for coming. A few weeks ago, I think it was about three or four weeks ago, we just began a review of our prayer lives, both us personally and us collectively. I made the example or gave the example of the doctors in Glasgow. We had many medical doctors and they constantly went missing for like three months at a time. And what they were telling, oh, I have to do a refresher course. I have to do a refresher course. And I just began this short series by thinking and challenging myself, when was the last time? When was the last time I reviewed my prayer? Have I been doing the same thing? And some of that can be right, some of it can be wrong. But have I just got stuck in a religious rut? Um, So that's the reason behind this. It it can be a very good use of our time if we sharpen our skills. In the first week, we looked at the nature of our battle. Many Christians, I'm sure you will agree, spend their times fighting the wrong battles, fighting people, fighting the wrong enemies, the world, the flesh and the devil. And they expend their energies in the wrong place. And we saw how God gives angels and dispatches angels when we approach him through the right protocol. And that was week two, understanding that protocol is critical in heaven. That's how we should operate in prayer. Today, a little bit different. I want to look at the role of prophecy in prayer, the very central role of prophecy in prayer. And the question that I wanna ask myself and you, to what degree, to what degree are you led by the Spirit when you're praying? And to what degree is it just you praying, you initiating? Both of them are fine. Both are okay. But sometimes I pray, me. Sometimes you pray. But other times it's God. It's God praying in me and through me. And I want to challenge you and challenge me to consider that. What's the balance there? What are the levels? Is it all me in my prayer? I'm going to open up with a fact which may be a little bit controversial. (laughs) Are you ready for this? This is a fact. Most married couples make love in the same room at the same time for the same length of time in the same... Tim's left the room. (laughs) He's gone already. (laughs) I'll say it again. Most married couples make love in the same position, in the same room, at the same time, for the same length of time. Perhaps I should close the meeting now. (laughs) But that's a fact. That's a fact. My point is, human beings are habitual creatures. We're creatures of habit. Every day when I come home to this house, This lady here, Mary's, is on the floor here. And I'm not saying it's wrong, Mary's. It's wonderful. It's fantastic for me when I walk in here. But I I can see almost like a habit, and it can be a good habit. So don't, don't hear me wrong. Many Christians pray on the same day, Wednesday at 8 o'clock, the same day, for the same length of time, in the same way, in the same position. Okay? You see the comparison there? Again, I emphasize, I'm not saying it's wrong. But on our first week in this little study, I was sitting here and I can remember it came to nine (laughs) o'clock. And you can feel the people in the room. (coughs) 
start looking at their watches, you know, it's nine o'clock, supposed to be finishing now. But we couldn't finish. I don't know if you remember that. We couldn't finish because there was too much to do. Listen, see when I sat here, about five past nine and ten past nine, the spirit started to move in greater and greater ways. And we didn't finish till about ten to ten. Sometimes we need to pray longer. Sometimes it's going to take more time. And I think we should intentionally shake things up. We should not be religious in our relationship with God. We should be relational in our relationship with God. If if you look at the... Many of us here are from various backgrounds. I came from the Catholic tradition. Some of you have come from different things. No problem. But if you look, for example, in some churches, they have a book of prayers. The, the book of daily prayer or the book of common prayer. And you go into the church and you can actually pick up in some denominations. You can pick up a book and you can find today's date. It's like a diary. And on every single day of the year, you will find a written prayer for you to pray. So they give you, right? Even if you've been saved 20 years, they give you a written prayer, a formal prayer. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. I would say it's limited. It's limited. Jesus himself prayed in all manner of ways, but he also prayed formal prayers. He did that in Luke's gospel, chapter 22. It says this in verse 19. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them. When it says he gave thanks, it doesn't mean he said thanks. That's not what happened. That refers to a formal, recitable Jewish prayer. So he was, I've given it to you in your notes there in actually Hebrew. He was saying, like a grace, if you like, blessed are you, Lord God, ruler of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Now, I just make that point because I don't want to sound as if I'm saying all written prayers are wrong. No, not, not at all. I don't believe that. I see nothing wrong with a written prayer. However, I think you would agree that we should add to that spontaneous prayers. Prayers that come from your relationship with God. Prayers that, that just pour forth out of passion, not just something that's written. And you can also write that. I understand. In Glasgow, one, one night we had our prayer meeting, just like we're having here. But on this particular night, I said, we're going to have an open mic night. We used to use a microphone. So tonight, there's no prayer points on the PowerPoint. I'm not going to give any instruction. Here's the mic. And if you want to pray something that God puts on your heart, come forward and pray. Right? So various people came forward. At the end of the meeting... This one particular lady was incredibly angry, so angry with me. And I could sense, you know, like a volcano. And she said, you didn't give us any prayers to pray. You gave us no prayers to pray. And I thought, what, what, tonight was open mic. So it's your prayer? No, 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 no. You should have, you should have guided us in what to pray. And I I felt so sorry for her because I realized Her entire tradition was all just a tradition of being, of presuming that her prayers were something that were given to her by the church. There are people who walk into churches and pick up a book of common prayer and they turn to whatever it is, the 23rd of February, and they open that day 
and they read that. And for me, that's sad. So my, my, my first point tonight, there's nothing wrong with formal prayers. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I am saying it's limited. We should also pray spontaneously from the passion and the compassion that we feel within us. But my challenge to you and to me is the role of the Holy Spirit. And to what level is the Holy Spirit leading us as a church, leading us as individuals in our prayer? And to, to deal with that, I want to define three things. Prayer, prophecy, and prophetic prayer. What's the difference between prayer, prophecy, and prophetic prayer? Prayer, very simply, is the act of speaking or petitioning God with reverence. That's prayer, nice and simple. What's prophecy? Prophecy is to utter by divine inspiration, to speak forth because God is prompting you. That's what prophecy is. Prophecy is to foretell or forthtell. To foretell, to predict something that will happen in the future, or to forthtell, to speak out the truth, particularly the truth that is in the Word of God. So prayer, very simply, speaking or petitioning God with reverence. Prophecy, to utter under divine inspiration. What is prophetic prayer then? And that's my point. That's what I want to bring into this group, into your life and increase in my life. Prophetic prayer is when God puts his heart in me, his prayer point in me, his mind in me. Now, I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures here. In Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel said this, So I prophesied as I was commanded. So it wasn't Ezekiel praying, right? It was Ezekiel praying something that God gave him to pray. So I prophesied as I was commanded. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, Peter says this, No prophecy ever came from man. No prophecy ever had its origin in the human will. But prophets spoke as God carried them along in the Holy Spirit. Now, I hope you're getting the point. Prophecy in me, prophetic prayer, is when God himself speaks through me, prays through me, speaks out of me, or he puts a burden within me of something to pray for. Now, the error comes here, and you'll see this error maybe on the God channel or in various churches you've probably been in. Let's say, Mary's, you go forward for prayer, okay? You come forward for, for prayer in a church. Somebody wants to sound really spiritual, right? So they start praying for you. Lord, I pray for Mary's. I prophesy healing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I prophesy strength. I prophesy... Easy now. You're actually praying. You're praying. That's what you're doing. And that's the distinction I want you to see. I pray, no problem. Prayer is initiated by me. But prophecy is initiated by God. And prophetic prayer comes out of my spirit. But people like to sound super spiritual. So they start, they, start, they start using the word prophecy as they're praying for you. For me, this is a dangerous mistake. It's a mistake. And I don't accept it. Personally, I've had people praying for me and I just don't, I don't receive it because I know there's error 
in what they're doing. I know there's error in the approach and a lack of understanding. Um, in Romans 8, 26, it says this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us to pray in our weakness because we don't know what to pray for. We don't know what to pray for. So the Spirit puts a burden in us. Now, there is prophetic prayer coming through you. In Amos, it says this. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing, nothing on the earth unless he speaks it through his prophets. Now, there is your prophetic prayer. There is your prophetic declaration. I'm going to say it again. Prayer is initiated by me. It's when I petition God or pray to him. But prophecy, prophetic prayer, if you like, is when God uses my temple and I feel a burden. I'm sure you've had that. Many times I wake up in the middle of the night at two or three o'clock and my spirit is, is moving and churning and I don't know what I'm I don't even know what I'm praying about. We don't know what we're praying about. For the spirit within you with groans, wordless groans. And I, I mean, I love that, but it can also be very disturbing. I'll, I'll explain some more of that in a, in a, in a, in a moment. I woke up one day about three years ago, Tim, at about three or four o'clock in the morning, and I felt sick in my spirit. Now, I'm not praying. I'm not praying. This is not prayer. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. And I started groaning, and I was in pain. So I went to the church, and I opened up the church very early that day, and I was walking around inside the building. And then Tim rang me and he said, Pastor Rick has been killed in a car crash. And then I knew, I didn't know when the pain was coming. I didn't know what I was praying for. Next thing, Pastor Richard, very prophetic edge Richard has. Richard came walking in the room. I'll never forget it because he doesn't know anything. And Richard came in the room. No good morning, Pastor Mike. No, how are you, Pastor Mike? Richard walked in the room. Pastor Mike, what is it? What is it? Something's wrong? I thought, man, you know, I salute you, bro. Well done, well done. He was the only one to pick it up. There's something wrong. And he came in just seeking what it was. Now, the spirit was praying in me. I wasn't praying because I don't know what's wrong. That's prophetic prayer. You can pray. You can use your own initiative, your own passion, your own compassion to pray prayers. But I also want my temple to be used by the Holy Spirit to come and pray. Listen to this. In me and through me. In me means that he will take over this temple and he will come and groans, wordless groans, as Paul puts it, will move. And maybe I will never know what I'm praying about, but something I'm giving birth to. The Holy Ghost wants to pray in you, but he also wants to pray through you with prophetic utterances. And some of those can be incredibly detailed. I remember this is a terrible example, but it's true. I'll never forget it. I was this worship leader, actually a fantastic, <coughs> excuse me, a fantastic worship leader, very well known. And I had the height of respect for this woman. I mean, she was in my mind, one of the most sanctified women I knew, you know, in my mind. So she calls me one day about this event or whatever, and I'm just on the phone. And I'm talking to her like in this ear. 
And God speaks to me in this ear. She's in adultery. Well, I couldn't believe it, actually, to be honest. I couldn't believe it. It was prophetic. It was prophetic. But I couldn't believe it because I knew her. And I, I you know, it, it was a strange moment for me. And I remember being confused after that call. But I prayed for her. Six months later, I found out she was in adultery because she was put out of ministry for that very reason. That's prophetic prayer. So I can see Ukraine today and we've been praying for Ukraine. That's prayer. That's me. But in that situation, that was God nudging me, prompting me, giving me a prophetic word, a word in my ear. I want you to consider this and take this. We had a very bad week uh, last week. Mary's couldn't get on her plane. It was, it was heartbreaking for her. She was devastated. She was supposed to go to Colombia and we had problems with the visa, so she couldn't leave. She had to get in the taxi and come back home after two years waiting. So she was, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I can't overstate the pain she was in. She was really, really, really hurt. I was talking to Atanasio here. They don't know anything about that. I was talking to Atanasio the other day with Sarah. And as soon as I said, Mary's didn't fly, Atanasio and Sarah just looked at each other. And Sarah said, he prayed for that. He was praying for that. I, I, I praise God for prophetic prayer. Atanasio said this, I didn't really know what I was praying for, but I knew this. I had a vision, prophetic vision, and I saw Mary's and I saw you and you were both going separate ways and something was wrong. And I began to pray and pray for blessing on her because with floods of tears, she had to get in a taxi and go back home after all the expectation. Praise God for prophetic prayer. I just hope that I am open to that, that I'm sensitive to that, that I'm listening to the Spirit. And I haven't, because I've been saved 30 years, I haven't become religious in my prayer time. The same prayers, in the same position, at the same day of the week, for the same length of time, that speaks very much of religion to me. And we need, it needs to be relational when it comes to prayer. That's the Holy Spirit's part. And then there's also my part, the Greek word for prayer, as I've mentioned many times, it does infer that it's vocal. So when I'm praying, it should be spoken. I should speak out. And I, I encourage you to do that, even if you're in the room on your own. Even if you're at home on your own, there's a difference between meditation. That's my thoughts. Meditation is my thought. But prayer really should at best be spoken. God did not think the world into being in Genesis chapter one. And so God thought and the world came. No. What does it say? God spoke and the world came into being. And many Christians say, are you praying? Yeah, I'm praying, Pastor. Yeah, that's okay, no problem. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not saying it doesn't work when you pray in your mind. God can hear your thoughts, that's fine. But I repeat, God did not think the world into being. He spoke and repeatedly Jesus emphasizes the necessity of our part in speaking. Jesus said this one day, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I say to you, if anyone says to this mountain, go and throw yourself into sea and does not doubt in their heart, they will have whatever they say. So 
please remember that. Do our meditation. But personally, you know, in, in my time of crisis some years ago, I spoke out loud in the house on my own. Listen, I can hear my own voice. I'm speaking. I'm declaring. And that's edifying me. Right? Use what God has given you. Speak those declarative uh, words that he puts in you. So what I'm saying tonight, I'm asking myself a question. To what level am I praying in my prayer time? And to what degree is the Holy Spirit praying through me? I want to review that question. When was the last time that God put something on your heart? When was the last time that you were groaning and like Paul says, I don't know what it is I'm groaning about? And are you willing to push out some of those boundaries to maybe different things, tarrying in the presence of God? I used to be an incredibly, now you probably think I'm really legalistic and <laughs> everything else now. I was one of the most legalistic, harsh I don't, don't say it. I know you're thinking he still is. <laughs> I was 10 times worse than this. I was really, I was a, a basket case. And one night, one night, all night prayer in Dublin, walking around and around in a room. Suddenly, bang, just the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I just start, I actually started to laugh. I, I laughed until I cried and something of legalism in me was broken. And my good friend, Peter Finch, who I served his, as his assistant for eight years, he repeatedly said he was never the same. Complete change that night. All of the judgmentalism was gone. What, what, what's my point? It took hours. It was about four o'clock in the morning. It was about 4 a.m. We had a guy with a demon in Dublin, a massive demon. He had power. He could perform manifestations. He did it for me. The guy had power. He had access to demonic power. And we searched the world. We found a guy called Pastor Kenyaki in Kenya. And we flew him in to deal with this guy. I remember Kenyaki. Coming into our prayer room, we had a prayer room and the guy was in the prayer room. So he turned to myself and Peter and says, okay, you're trying to set this guy free? How long have you been praying? How much input have you had? And we would say, well, you know, you pray on Sunday or you pray this. And he was explaining to us, this deliverance could take five minutes or five days. Could take five days. And you must be prepared to tarry, tarry, tarry until you've got the fruit. I'll never forget that. So am I willing, are you willing to look again at your prayer life? To open up for God, absolutely, I will pray prayers that I initiate. But tonight, I want to rededicate this temple, my temple, your temple, to God. Holy Spirit, come and pray in me. Pray in me and pray through me. Give me prophetic words, prophetic guidance, utterances, that I may make for you. And before we close this section, I want to just pray, if you will join me, three specific things. How do we even begin this process? How do we even begin 
Well, first of all, I personally want to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to forgive me. Because, you know, in a prayer meeting, sometimes in my mind, the prayer finishes when I stop talking. The prayer finishes when talking stops. It's almost like the Holy Spirit's not there, huh? Like the Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to say. And that's why that lady was mad at me. She, she couldn't find the space, the silence, for just to give the Holy Spirit that space. And I want to repent tonight of maybe even sidelining God the Holy Spirit and not letting him speak to me about things that I know nothing about. Secondly, cleanse my temple so that he can pray in and through me and commit ourselves to open up, to be led by him and to follow that lead. I want to just pray briefly on those three points before we come to tonight's prayer points. And Pastor Tim, could you pray for forgiveness for all of us, individually and collectively, if in any way we're just religious in our prayer and we've shut out the voice of the Holy Spirit? He can't use our temple because we're not even conscious that this is part of our purpose. Pastor Emma, that we would cleanse these temples and make them fit and ready for his occupation and for God to use us. That's what it means to be used. And Andrea, that from this night on, we will heed this word and we will be willing and open to be led and to be used by God following what he guides us in to pray prophetically. Thanks, Tim, Emma and Andrea. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. <clears throat>